You are listening to The Business Wilderness, the voice of entrepreneurs. Welcome to the Business Wilderness. My name is Ahmed Ohuli and today I have a very special guest with me, Mr. Andrew Clark from Logistics Help. Andrew, how are you? I'm really well, thanks Ahmed. Thank you for joining me on the show. Um, Andrew, take me back in time. When you were a young man growing up through high school, who, who was Andrew and who has Andrew become? Well, that's, uh, that's taking me back a long way. So, uh, so I'm from the generation that saw uh, Star Wars when it first came out of the cinemas, which would give you an idea of how old I was. So I was in high school at that time, and, uh, and that was pretty exciting for me. It was good. Uh, uh, it's, it's interesting now with Star Wars being such a major a topic of conversation. Um, so I was a bit nerdy, uh, a bit of a science geek, and uh, I love a lot of kind of technical things. I come from a family. My father was. A, Technical person. He was a, a, a corrosion engineer, so he was a specialist in rust. And uh, so I came out of that background, and it was almost like there was a, an expectation that I'd go to university and study science or engineering or something like that. And I just couldn't work out, you know, what, what particular branch of science I wanted to study. And uh, so I, uh, I, I got through school and, uh, and uh, ended up doing a science degree at the University of Technology. And uh, I graduated from that, and by the time I finished that degree, I pretty much decided that I didn't want to be a scientist, which is a little bit, you know, uh, a little bit ironic, having spent four years uh, uh, developing that de- degree and following my passion since high school. But I, uh, I landed on my feet. I ended up finding my way into the uh, footwear industry as a manufacturing manager, tech manager. Uh, so I, I basically went straight out of university into managing a factory with about 30, uh, 30 or 40 staff and had no idea what I was doing at that time but somehow figured out my way through it. Um, but one of the things that that really taught me was that I found a whole new discipline that I actually really loved which is operations management. So I, in the early part of my career, I was in the footwear industry and trying to find my way as a manufacturing manager. I started doing a, uh, a diploma, a graduate diploma in operations management, and went through a couple of different jobs in the footwear industry before realising that both manufacturing and footwear were probably not where I needed to be. Um, at that stage, it's the middle eighties and, and manufacturing is being outsourced, and I made a conscious decision to change both career and industry. Uh, and I got a job with Baxter Healthcare in the pharmaceutical industry and in warehousing and distribution. So that was my first foray into logistics. Um, and uh, and really, that was the that was kind of a pretty key decision. Though I'm still in logistics now, and that was a uh, obviously was the right decision for me at that stage. So um, yeah, awesome, awesome. Um, we 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 live in times nowadays where logistics is a very important part of business, uh, especially with uh, companies selling online. It's all about the service, the customer experience, getting out the product as fast as they can, getting it to to the customer as quick as they can. Um, The largest companies in the world are competing 
in this space trying to find the next hack that's going to bring the product to the customer whether it's two hours whether it's same day whether it's two days but the competition is on and one of the key factors for, for all these organizations is their ability to get the, the product out to the customer as fast as they possibly can so my next question is what are the some of the trends and patterns that you see in this industry what's going to go what's going to stay where where are we going yeah that's look you're absolutely spot on uh logistics is a is a key part of um, is a key part of modern retail in fact in, in fact it underpins everything we do when, when you think about it uh everything that you've got in your house everything that you hold in your hand has been through a supply chain of some some sort or another basically if you look at it from the macro level, everything either is grown or dug out of the ground into either food or some sort of manufactured component. So you, you think of your, your typical iPhone, the origins of that are from uh, mining and it goes through a whole series of processes and component makers and eventually gets assembled into an iPhone. And then it's got to travel halfway around the world into a warehouse somewhere and then to a retailer and then eventually finds its way into your, uh, into your hands. So there is absolutely no doubt that logistics pretty much runs runs everything and enables everything that goes on in the economy these days. Um, I, uh, I heard a, a number recently that logistics and supply chain is something like 10% of the economy. So 10% the cost of pretty much everything that goes on is related somehow to logistics and probably one in ten uh, people that's working somewhere in the world is working in some sort of logistics uh, operational or, uh, or support capacity. So it's a huge part of the modern economy. So the, the, there is no, you know, no one could be unaware of the fact that particularly the online retailers recently has just completely smashed the traditional retailers. Even though online retail in Australia is only about 7% of uh, online retail sales, the labour that, it's growing rapidly. And what it seems to have done is taken the, uh, the cream out of the, the bricks and mortar retail. Not all of them, but, but a lot of them. And so what that's meant is that because people can stay home and shop online, they're not going to the shopping malls and you're not getting that foot traffic through the, uh, through the traditional retailers. Uh, and that's just had a, just a, a devastating impact on so many uh, of the traditional retailers. In, in the US, I know in particular, thousands and thousands of stores have simply been closed down. In Australia, we've had plenty of businesses, big names, go out of business. And the ones that have survived, though, the ones that have done really well, they've either got some sort of unique um, offering to the, uh, to the public where people want to go to their store, or they survive by supplementing and integrating their online retail with their uh, their bricks and mortar retail, um, and so you get this. You know, stores like JD Hi-Fi and Officeworks and all of the retailers that also have a, a strong online presence, and they tie that into you know a click and collect service, so that you can seamlessly um, walk into a store, pick up something you've ordered online, or you go into a store to buy something. And uh, they don't have it in stock, but it's in their warehouse or it's in another store, and they'll deliver it to you in your home. So what you do is instead of losing a sale, you're actually enabled to give the customer what they want 
what they want. And okay, sure, they might have to wait a day or two to uh, to get it delivered, but they get what they want. You don't necessarily provide a complete service to the customer. So the the, the trend really, uh, and this is particularly in retail, the mega trend is that online retail is just going to become increasingly uh, a dominant channel. It will, it might take a while before it completely uh, takes over the market, and in fact, it may never completely take over. But it's heading towards overseas. It's it's something like ten or twelve percent, and uh, I think in China it's uh, it's something like fourteen percent of the uh, of the retail market. So you know, it's definitely going to grow dramatically over the uh, over the coming period. Um, but the other thing that's happening is that um, if you're a manufacturer, if you're a source of a product, then you get this disintermediation effect where you can now go direct to your customers instead of having to work through a traditional wholesale and retail supply network. And what that does is it just massively takes a whole lot of cost out of the system. So you can provide premium products at a cheaper price than they had ever been available before if you go direct to your customer. So that is also like a, 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 a massive trend. The, the other thing that is going on is that anyone can now be a retailer. So if you've got an idea of a market that you, that you want to serve, you can establish your own unique boutique brand and connect directly with that market. I know of uh, uh, one business which essentially they started a couple of years ago in a shed in their backyard. And um, when I first connected with them, they were there was a husband and wife team and they had about six or seven people working for them and they were already a six million a year turnover business at, at that stage in their backyard. Wow. They found a niche, they marketed well and and the business just simply took off. They've now grown out of that shed and they've got a, 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 a wholesale and retail space in, uh, in Parramatta so that they're able to, to, like a warehouse and retail space in, in Parramatta, so they're able to keep going with their online business, but they've now added a retail store to that so people can come in and experience the products uh, directly. So the opportunities have just literally exploded for anyone who wants to have a go. And you've got a laptop and you've got a, uh, an internet connection and you've got an idea, you can source your products, you don't have to manufacture them, but you can sort your products, you can make them unique, brand them, get them out into the market, market them well, and, and you can have a business. So um, that's kind of like the, I think that is the mega trend in terms of uh, retail that is that we are we are in the middle of at the moment. Middleman's dying. Uh, the middleman is dying, absolutely the middleman yeah. is dying. So that the sources of value really are the, uh, what I call a product originator, right? So the, the person who owns the brand, the person who owns the design. So certainly if you get if you get a generic product and you stick your brand on it, then that's a, that's a, a fantastic thing to be able to do and that will help uh, give you more value than just selling other people's products. But if you can do, if you can have some input into the design so that only you have that brand and only you have that design of product, then suddenly you're on the winner because now you can find a niche for people who want that particular thing and they can't get it anywhere else. If you if you go in generic, then you're going to struggle, right? If you just go and you get a white label product and you just stick whatever brand on it, 
people can buy that from anywhere. There'll be a dozen people there, uh, a dozen yeah. shops, other shops, or a hundred shops. You go on eBay now, you'll find exactly the same products at market. We didn't try the six of each other. So yeah. which one do you pick? You pick the one that's dollar ninety five and not dollar ninety six because well, why not? I say the same. Um, so you know that, that those are the that's the kind of the big thing that's happening in retail. And, and the other thing that's that you really see is that the, the, the smart online retailers technology has become a huge part of that business model. Right, you, you are not going to run an online business unless you are tech savvy. You need to know how to use the internet, how to build a web, how to build a website, how to get the SEO, how to get those clicks back to your uh, site so that people buy. But you've got this whole other world of particularly in the logistics space that I work in, where you've got traditional wholesalers and traditional retailers, they're not online, uh, and they're like very traditional businesses. They might be really successful. They might actually have a nation, so they might well, buy whatever they're online. But they are not taking advantage of the, the technology that is really rocketing ahead. Um, so you get a bit of a divide in the world between those people who are taking advantage of the technology and using that to grow new and innovative businesses and your traditional businesses who are kind of their head in the sand a little bit because sooner or later someone's going to drop them, you know, they'll, they'll be a wholesaler and someone will go direct and they'll, they'll, uh, or they'll set up a, an online business that will disrupt them. So you really, it's not a, it's no longer a world where you can just sit on your laurels and think that the, the world is going to come to you and that business will keep going on the way it has always, uh, uh, the way it has always gone on. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so, and I'm sure over the next few years you're going to see a lot of these larger names um, basically disappear, to be honest with you. Um, we've seen some already, like Toys R Us. Um, uh, yeah. In the States, I think they came back today, actually, Sears. Um, they, they're, they're, they're a massive, massive retailer, basically on the way out. Um, yeah, so there, there's definitely a few... If a few that are going to disappear, or a few more that are going to disappear in the next couple of years, but um, that brings me to, yeah. to, to my next question. We, we've developed that logistics is really important. It's an integral part of every single online business, actually business in general, because nowadays it's all about the service and the customer experience. Because there's so many in terms of product, there's so many options out there. Very rarely is there a product that's got its own unique proposition that that, that nobody can get their hands on. So it comes down to the customer experience and logistics is a key part of that. To our audience that's listening, what yeah. are some tips? What are some tips and advice that you can give our audience to basically really improve and build a solid experience when it comes to shipping and having the product arrive on time and as quick and as fast as possible? Okay. The um really important accuracy is important and reliability of your your processes uh, are really important and the only way you're going to build that in uh, to your process is a to think about what's going on physically right the physical arrangement within your warehouse or within your shed or within whatever stage of business you're at the physical layout of your uh, of your warehouse operations that um, uh, has a huge impact on uh, on how efficient you can potentially be within your business. So you need to be taking advantage of good storage systems, so good racking, uh, that's appropriate to the product that you're storing, 
and you need to have a materials handling equipment. So whether it's a forklift or whether it's a trolley, whether it's a you know a pallet jack or whether it's whatever it is um, that you're using, it's got to match what you're doing. So you have a coordinated physical system that is laid out well. You've you've sorted your products so that the fastest moving products are in the fastest and easiest to access space. Now, so many people, they don't do this. They store products by family groups. They, oh, my, all my books are over there, and all my lights are there, and all my water bottles are there, all my clothes are there, right? And they don't look at it and they go, you know, there's one water bottle that flies out the door, so let's have that in a prominent position. There's one T-shirt I've got that I'm selling that is just like going on gangbusters. So let's have that product in the easiest to access area. So what happens when you store products in family groups is that you end up walking over your entire warehouse, walking all over your entire warehouse to pick an order because there's one little thing at the back that you, you've got to go and get. So physical layout's really important. The, the other the other thing that's really important is to make sure that you've applied an appropriate technology to the scale of your business. So there's all sorts of things you can do within uh, within a warehouse to make your uh, warehouse run more efficiently. The number one thing once you get to a certain size is that you need to have a really good warehouse management system. So we've probably all been into the supermarkets and see the people with the, uh, the little barcode scanners and like a little screen on them. Well, that kind of technology has been in warehouses for years and it's getting more and more sophisticated and it's getting cheaper. So um, uh, what that enables you to do is apply much more sophisticated uh, uh, processes and guidance towards your warehouse operators. So instead of walking around the warehouse with a piece of paper, you actually now walk around the warehouse with a barcode scanning device that is hooked in and giving you real-time information on where products should be stored in your warehouse, where you can pick them from. You can group your orders together and you can do really clever and complex things that you just can't do on paper. So you can do a multi-order picking scenario, so you pick five or six or ten orders, just depends on what your business is like, but you pick multiple orders at one time and you sort them as you go so that the time you don't want to pass through your warehouse to pick, you have in fact completed multiple orders instead of only one order. Uh, um, and there's a bunch of different things that just really depend on exactly what your business you're in. Uh, but you can get now very sophisticated, you can tie that into your frame system so that you minimise the amount of activity, both in administration and physical work that you apply to process each order. If you're doing that, you've got a good warehouse layout, and you've got really good technology in your business, then you will be streets ahead over most of the competition because so few people are actually doing this. So, you know, people, and I took retailers, and they will have very sophisticated um, uh, technology in their website, they've built something in Magento and they've got a bunch of people, people behind there, they're doing their SEO, they're doing the marketing, they're doing the social media, they're doing amazingly great stuff technologically and yet in their warehouse they're operating on bits of paper and they're walking all over the warehouse all the time and they're picking one order at a time. So, you know, it isn't accurate, it certainly isn't fast, it's really expensive and when you're up against really steep competition, it can be the difference between having a successful business and being able to scale up your business, um, or just condemning yourself to being an also in the uh, in the marketplace. Yeah. So um, yeah. so those I mean, are some of the key things you've got to be doing. 
what's the story with all these robots? I mean, I've seen Catch's Warehouse. they got robots. they got all fully automated. I mean, what's it take for an, an organization team to implement processes like that? Okay. Well, well here, here is the, here's the trick. If you... Um, most people, when they're talking about robots, like robots in warehousing, they're really talking about um, some sort of automated materials handling uh, equipment. So there are some very clever things you can have. You can have uh, automatic guided forklifts. So if you've got like a bulk covered operation, you can pick up pallets and they can go and be put away by a, uh, a, an automated forklift. Um, you uh, you can have uh, vehicles ferrying stuff back and forth. You can have conveyor systems within your warehouse. Um, the true robot, the, the do-it-all robot that can replace a storeman does not really exist yet. There are people working on that, but, but they don't really exist. So what you tend to have with automation in warehousing is that you've got um, uh, things that speed the transport of, uh, of orders or picked items from one place to another so that the, the person instead of having to walk gets presented with the, uh, the products that he needs to pick. But the actual picking is still done by a human because there are some things that humans are just way better at robots at the moment anyway. So these, these are usually called goods to the man systems. Now, they're really expensive. So fantastic if you've got a high volume uh, big business and you want to spend 10 or 20 million dollars invested in uh, putting automation and technology into your warehouse, then go for it, right? Because maybe you can save a lot of money. But if you're a smaller business, you can do the same thing with exactly the kind of technology that I was talking about before. You can, because your warehouse is inherently will be much smaller, by correct product placement within your warehouse, which is called product slotting, uh, and with the application of uh, technology form of the, the warehouse management system tied into uh, the, the mobile terminals and barcode scanners, then you can substantially increase your productivity and efficiency and accuracy just by putting the technology that is absolutely, absolutely affordable for you. And the great thing about um, maintaining a warehouse in, in, in that state is that it is incredibly flexible. As soon as you start boiling things down and building containers, then you really are locking yourself into one particular type of uh, of, of business process. Now, if it's appropriate and you've got the scale, absolutely, it's it's uh, it's the right thing. To do. But that really only applies to the top few percent of businesses. Most businesses, A, can't afford it, and B, don't actually really need it. Um, uh, so, yeah, the, the, the robot store person is still a little way away, um, but I'm sure, like anything, that it's, that it's going to come. But I think what you'll see in the transition phase is you will see uh, increasingly smart things within warehouses to assist humans picking. One of the bits of technology I saw uh, that was launched recently, and I can't remember what name was, but essentially what they had was a, a, like a smart guided trolley. So the trolley would say, I'm, I'm picking this order, right, or these series of orders. The trolley would move around the warehouse. The, the store person would stay, say, within an aisle or within half an aisle. And trolleys would come to them and they'd stop at a particular location so they could pick something. And then the picker just simply picks things out of, out of those slots and puts it into a trolley in appropriate place. And then another trolley rocks up and, and they go to that location and they fill up that trolley. So the, the, web, the, the store person stays within a fairly narrow range of, uh, of motion, so she's not walking around the whole warehouse. And the trolleys are running like little 
uh, little little robots. They're just floating around a warehouse, going to the appropriate place, and they're there receiving the orders and then delivering it to somewhere to pack them and ship them. So it's all about trying to minimise the amount of information that you've got within your uh, warehouse and minimise the amount of manual data entry and administration. Those are really the two areas that are the, the time killers in the warehouse. It's paperwork and data entry, uh, and it's it's motion of, of goods. So um, that's where that tends to be what the technology is aimed at uh, reducing. Awesome. Awesome. That's a lot. That's a, a lot of information absorbed. But if if they absorb it and implement it, it's going to make life much much easier. So um, all right. Sure. <laughs> all right. We've uh, we've had a great chat. We're coming towards the end of the show now. Um, before I let you go, where can we find you online? Uh, okay. So online uh, on my website at logistictshelp.com. Uh, is the, the main uh, presence I have online. I also have a YouTube channel. You can uh, just search on YouTube for Logistics Help. And uh, of course, I'm on LinkedIn. So uh, I'm a, if, if you search on, on LinkedIn for Andrew J. Clark Logistics Lynchpin, um, then uh, you'll find me on LinkedIn. And, and I invite anyone who's keen to connect with me and start a conversation, absolutely uh, send me an invitation on LinkedIn and say you heard me on the show and, uh, and I'll connect with you. Awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, Andrew J. Clark, thank you very much for joining me on the Business Wilderness. Okay, thanks. Thanks, Ahmed, for having me on. I really appreciate it. Welcome. You are listening to the Business Wilderness, the voice of entrepreneurs.